Hello and welcome to All Indians Matter. I am Ashraf Engineer. Inequalities and diversities define Indian society, especially when it comes to gender. In this context, you frequently hear the word feminism on TV debates, at the dinner table and in various social settings, but not everyone understands it and there are various misconceptions about it. Feminism is about ensuring all people are equal regardless of gender. It's not about pulling men down as many think it is or about women having power over them. It is instead about women having power over themselves, about getting rid of dominance. In this context, parenting assumes great significance. It's not just about raising daughters to believe in themselves and treating them equally. It's as much or more about raising sons who don't believe their gender makes them superior to women. All Indians matter. We have on the show Kiran Manral, an award-winning and best-selling author, TEDx speaker, columnist and mentor. She has written 12 books across genres in both fiction and non-fiction. Importantly, she has written extensively about feminism. Today, we will speak to her about the role of parenting in relation to feminism, especially when it comes to raising sons. Welcome to the show, Kiran. Thank you so much for having me, Ashraf. Look forward to being part of this. Yeah, us too, actually. Kiran, let me get uh, to it right away. Why is feminism crucial in a country like India? Why is feminism crucial in a country like India? Well, just the other day, we had the chief minister of a state talking about how ripped jeans and women don't go together. And uh, to think of this in 2021... I think he went to beyond that. He's, he questioned the character of such women. Uh, women who wear such I was, I was being very polite. <laughs> but yes, Ashraf, you know, that's why we need feminism in India because... If you have people who are in positions of power talking in such a way about women and their dress choices, equating it to character, we have a long, long way to go because women are still being judged by what they wear, by what they do, by what time they step out, by what time they get home. And these are just constructs to limit women into certain socially defined roles which are acceptable. And I think uh, women have come far beyond that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Kiran, often feminism is termed as a women's movement, but it's actually about the liberation of both men and women. It's a complex, sensitive issue. How tough is it to get this across to sons? It isn't actually. It is, uh, I think uh, this generation of parents is doing it pretty well. We are talking about how boys and girls are different yet equal. I think this generation of parents are are calling out instances of uh, misogyny, of, you know, uh, of uh, sexism and uh, bringing up their boys in a certain way that allows them to understand that girls have the right to be what they want to be as do boys. It may not percolate down through society. It may not percolate down through every section of society. And I'm hopeful it will get there because I've seen uh, young boys playing down in the compound and... Uh, the girls are playing with them and they're, you know, doing their rough and tumble play. And the kids don't discriminate between genders when they're small. When they're young, they play with each other as uh, as normally as we would love them to. But it's only as they get a little older and conditioning starts coming in that, you know, these segregations come. So when you see things that are misogynist, you see things that are sexist, you start calling them out. So... Take something like a cartoon serial like Doraemon, which my son used to watch very intensively when he was young. 
in that uh, series we had a uh, female a uh, girl character called shizuka who was always doing the serving and the bringing of the soft drinks while the boys were sitting around you know being very macho or you know little boys and expecting to be served hand and foot and it was a series that came from japan which is also a very patriarchal society as you know what did i do i kept calling it out i kept telling you why is shizuka the one always serving these boys why can't they go and get their own stuff and i think somewhere down the line that percolated you talk to them about gender equality yes but more than talk i think it's action i think it's action taken in the house and uh, my husband becomes from a very patriarchal he's, he's from a rajput family so but he's learning and unlearning and i hope my son is also learning and unlearning it's it's a work in process <laughs> This is, since we are talking about raising sons, you know, as you said, misogyny is all around us. Women are told how to dress, what expectations they can have from a career, uh, that their roles are not for them to define. Now, the thing is, boys are witnessing this from childhood. How does that affect their mindsets and attitudes towards women? We tend to segregate boys and girls, Ashraf. You know, there are girls-only schools, there are boys-only schools. So when boys and girls are growing up with no concept of the opposite sex as some, as an equal to relate to uh, on a this, regular uh, you basis. Know, gender-specific schools has been a big bugbear of mine. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And then they are only seeing each other as objects of romantic interest. And how do they get their definition of how to pursue an object of romantic interest? Through films. And uh, we had films uh, which uh, told, you know, hasi to fasi and you chase the girl and you harass the girl until she's compelled to say yes. These are the messages that they're getting and, you know, things are changing, but we still have a Kabir Singh and we still have a Ranjana and we still have that going on in popular culture. What messages are our boys getting? Ashraf, I think there's a wonderful initiative by some schools, I believe, of gender sensitization. I think all schools need to have that. All boys and girls need to grow up in spaces that are e- equally welcoming of them that are not segregated this thing this bugbear of yours has been a bugbear of mine too i grew up in a convent school and you know we were all a skitter when we went into college because boys but <laughs> that is what causes the problem you don't learn to relate to the other gender on an equal footing and that makes uh, you know all these things this misogyny sort of take place you don't know how to relate to them you don't know how to deal with it so i suppose the start has to come from you know letting boys and girls interact normally from childhood and not set up these boundaries that you're a girl play with girls you're a boy play with boys you go to boys school you go to girls school stop all that nonsense let let all the kids be together i couldn't agree more you know i was very lucky i i studied in a co-ed school so when uh, it came uh, time to get my daughter admission to school i insisted on a co-ed school too, though, you know, we were, I mean, uh, there was admission open in other so-called more prestigious schools, but uh, yeah, this is a great point, actually. Uh, but uh, other than all of these things that you mentioned, uh, Kiran, misogyny and uh, these other things that you mentioned, a lot of it is now there on the internet also, right, especially on social media. So how do we deal with this misogyny on social media? I think conversations, Ashraf, I think that the best thing that you can have with your boy is uh, having conversations constantly as much as you can, talking to them about uh, what they're seeing on the internet and telling them, you know, that is not real life, like uh, you can't go delivering pizzas and expecting the lady of the house to fall into your arms, that doesn't happen, man. (laughs) And uh, no amount of uh, Axe Dio is going to have girls falling around you. It doesn't work that way. (laughs) 
<laughs> you disappointing a lot of young boys. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I am not consuming a lot of the stuff that is going out there. But I was really horrified when this entire boys' locker room thing broke out. When I saw that, and my son is 17 now, I had to really sit him down and have a talk with him and say, uh, you know, look here. You may think this is casual stuff and this is uh, stuff that is harmless, but it's actually very demeaning, and this is why it is wrong. Just have those conversations and. Uh, I think kids are sensible enough. They understand stuff if you explain it to them, and uh, let them not pick up the cues from the internet. Let be their person to go to when they have a query without judgment. I think if you can have conversations without being judgmental, kids come to you with their queries. But the moment you think they think like mom is, or dad is going to yell at me and say, "Why are you talking about this? Focus on your studies. This is not your age for all this." They're going to back off and they're going to get all the information from the internet, and that's not a good place to get the information from. So yeah, and uh, it's come to a point now when my son tells me, "Mama, enough of uh, feminism, you know, because I'm constantly telling him that this is not okay, that is not okay, this, why this, why that." It's like that little girl in that video was saying, "Why only uh, all men are created equal?" <laughs> I'm like that little girl where my son is concerned. But it works. I think it's like that water dripping on the stone. You keep at it, so you know the message percolates down. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, do these conversations are and and how do these conversations rather change at different stages of uh, their lives? Because obviously, the conversation you're having with your son at seventeen is not the conversation you had when he was seven. So when he was seven, I might have just told him that like nobody touches you in any part of the body that you're not comfortable with, and you don't touch anybody. And uh, you know, you teach them bodily agency and you teach them consent in an age-appropriate way. You don't touch anybody; nobody touches you, and that's the way it is. And whatever, whatever, call, stop, uh, I'll tell, and all that sort of thing. As you grow older, you uh, talk to them about uh, rape jokes. You talk to them about uh, viewing women through a lens of you know sexuality uh, primarily. like uh, and you talk to them about uh, why they should not be uh, looking uh, you know why they should not misread signals and uh, why consent is important even though they may feel somebody is interested what when stop means a stop and uh, what a woman is wearing doesn't necessarily define whether she, uh, she, you know her, her character you can't be defining character by clothes these are the kind of things that you keep telling uh, the boy constantly and Boys are sensible. I think uh, boys these days. Hopefully, I'm speaking purely from the point of view of an urban boy who has grown up in a relatively privileged uh, environment. I'm sure. I mean, I do know that you know the situation is quite dire. We have we have to be a little grim. We have uh, girls getting killed and having uh, being attacked just because they dared say they were not interested in getting married or. having a relationship with somebody in that amount of that kind of entitlement that our men seem to have that uh, you know if i i am interested in you you have to be interested in me meri nahi to kisi ki nahi that ridiculous entitlement i think we need to start addressing it and where do we start ashraf i mean this is such a huge problem and i'm sure every parent grapples about it i keep coming back to conversations in the home and how do conversations in the home start it starts i think by you are raising your girls to be more independent and more equal but what are you telling the boys are the boys capable of dealing with these girls who are more independent and who are demanding equality so as parents i think it all boils down to the messages we are giving them in our homes also i think uh, 
this is my observation but uh, please correct me if i'm wrong is that uh, especially when it comes to raising sons indian families don't pay a lot of attention to emotional intelligence it's quite damaging actually ashraf it's very toxic for the boys also masculinity and the demand to be a man not to cry not to show your emotions not to to be the expectation that you will be the provider and you will put all your uh, ambition and your uh, talent or your artistic pers- uh, creativity aside to be the provider the male provider that's a lot of pressure on the boys i think it's rather unfair to tell the boys that you have to be the male provider while the girls you know you will get married and you know you can just chill basically that's also unfair that's another sort of unfair and also uh, the fact that uh, these expectations that you know we are much harder with boys who are a little feminine than we are with girls who are tomboyish so um, that's something that we really need to work on you know being accepting of uh, boys who aren't really fitting with what we define as macho and girls who are girls though we say like she'll get married and she grow out of it or she grow she'll become a teenager and she'll be fine but the boys we are harder on our boys the classic indian solution to everything marriage yeah absolutely we solve everything by marriage everything absolutely <laughs> but given the conversations that you're talking about often are not easy to have uh, and uh, how do you how did you manage them and what advice do you have for other parents <laughs> i it's uh, pretty much a mixture of pouncing on any opportunity that i got with popular media gives you lots of opportunities you know so if you're watching a movie or you're watching uh, a serial or you're watching some uh, you're reading something it's all around you are listening to the news i mean you get these opportunities constantly tell your boy that okay this is not okay you're watching an ad so the he never he never had an uninterrupted tv experience is what yeah, you're saying he, he doesn't want to watch movies with me anymore <laughs> <laughs> because i will watch a movie and no this is not how it happens this is not right he cannot be stalking this is stalking this is terrorizing the girl this is not romantic you're not going to do that so it may sound funny in retrospect i think but this repeated drilling of what is right and what is not acceptable uh, over the many years hopefully has worked and hopefully fingers crossed he will be better behaved and i have hope because sometimes you know he says this is wrong mama this is not right why are they doing this this is not right just because she was uh, whatever she didn't want to go out with this man doesn't mean he has the right to kill her so you know it it comes to them slowly and steadily the other critical question of course is what role can fathers play walk the talk the, the best thing that a father can do is to walk the talk and to be respectful of the women in their lives and to give not just their daughters uh, the freedom and liberation but also be accepting of other girls around and not be judgmental So I think these kind of things uh, we, we keep seeing it you know but we can see all we want but if we don't do it they are not going to accept it so fathers uh, need to be both gender equal in their household chores my husband darling as he is still has to get that message but my son is there he's getting it so hopefully he'll be more gender equal but he has a partner in his life so that's actually going to be my next question is how do you ensure equality at home is it about for instance sharing domestic chores you know honestly ashraf i don't do much of them myself so, <laughs> so there's <laughs> 
unfortunately, unfortunately, I come. Uh, I don't do much of cooking. I don't do much of the household chores. Everything is taken care of, so there's not much space to demonstrate that. And uh, I think in raising of the child, we have been equitable partners in terms of you know all the whatever is to be done. Uh, except when he was very little, because I think Kirith was a little nervous about handling him when he was small. But apart from that, we've been equitable partners in raising the child. In our own ways, and I, I think you fall into a pattern that you know you divide the responsibilities equally. But if you know most children do see their mothers take a primary role in you know the raising of them and dropping to school and picking up and all, when they see that inequitable distribution, I think that's a little bit of a concern. Since you mentioned school, and I, and I know that you've touched upon this particular topic briefly before, but do you think the syllabus should include gender studies and equality? Do you, we have enough? And if no, then what more? It's very simple. Uh, if you go through any history textbook, how many of the heroes and role models they're studying of are men, and how many are women? I think the balance is right there in front of your eyes. We don't talk enough about women. We don't celebrate enough of the women. They're there. It's not that they're not there. You have Sarojini Naidu. You have your Rani Lakshmi Bai. You have, I mean, you have them, but they're not at this. Uh, it's not an equitable distribution. So uh, boys need to have female role models as much as uh, male role models, and that needs to be there for both boys and girls. Also, the fact that. Uh, you talk to them about various things. You have moral science, and you have civic rights and duties, and you know civic responsibilities. How to be a good citizen. Also need need uh, lessons on how to not be a toxic male. I think <laughs> in some way, I don't know how those who are designing our syllabus can incorporate it. But it would be really lovely if we could have some subject that teaches boys how not to be toxic males. <laughs> and so, what are the four or five uh, parenting essentials that you'd recommend? Uh, for instance, would you focus on body positivity or emotional expression or respect for choice or what else? Four or five uh, essentials, parenting essentials that I'd recommend is, uh, I, I think I'd go by what I have uh, sworn by, have conversations, call out stuff that doesn't uh, you don't agree with immediately, Teach them bodily agency and consent from a very young age. Uh, teach them about, talk to them about how gender-defined expectations are not valid. You can create your own. And the fact that uh, everybody has a right under the sun. If a girl has a right to go out and, uh, you know, do what she pleases, so does a boy. And uh, let's not color our perception of somebody from another gender. Even trans, I mean, everybody, I mean, we have a spectrum of genders these days. Let's not limit ourselves to girls and boys. Let's be accepting of everybody. And uh, the same way you would like to be treated, treat the other person. That's about it. That's the bottom line. Empathy, kindness and respect. That's it. Absolutely. <clears throat> and uh, while I know that you've also talked about the next couple of questions before, but I want you to expand on them a little bit. So talk a little bit about example setting first by fathers and then by mothers. Example setting first by fathers and then by mothers. Fathers, uh, we, I've said it before and I keep saying it, be respectful of the women around you, not just the women in your immediate family circle. Because how you treat uh, women, if you're constantly cracking, you know, uh, misogynistic jokes, if you're being sexist about other women, if you're being judgmental, if you're 
that's going to percolate down. Your son is observing you. He's going to behave the same way. If you have a certain attitude, he's going to pick it up for you from you because you know you are his hero. So he's going to do what you do. Be uh, do as much as uh, you can with the equitable housework distribution. We are terrible at that because <laughs> there's not much I do either. So, <laughs> but. Uh, the fact is that this is a girl, a woman's role, and this is a man's role shouldn't be there in any house. You, be careful of the language that you use. If you're watching your child, you're not babysitting your child. It's your child. You're parenting your child. So a lot of, uh, I mean, not it's it's changing now, but I still see it sometimes. You know that uh, some men expect to be handed a crown and. Uh, Prize just because they've baby, they've watched their kid for they've looked after their kid for some time. Like a hello, yeah, you gave you created the baby. You have to take care of the baby. It's not like only a mother's job. So that's uh, what I think men need to do. And uh, for women, please, please don't try to be super women and do everything and keep the fathers out of the parenting. Get the fathers as involved as possible. Let them also be hands-on fathers because, I mean, you need a break also. I think we women try to be super women and in that process, the father gets slightly excluded, whether we like it or not. And that's where it all starts. You know, the father starts becoming an inaccessible figure and becomes slightly different. It's changing. Fathers are much more chill these days. And, uh, yeah, if something affects you and something... Uh, you know something is not quite right talk to your boys about it don't think that you know this is uh, something that a boy shouldn't know about i mean it's very uncomfortable and i think i've completely grossed him out but my son knows about uh, bodily functions and uh, you know the pain of uh, have childbirth and stuff like that i've totally traumatized him but he knows so don't make anything off topic age appropriately of course but talk to your boys about everything so they it's not like, you know, women are another species completely. Yeah, I think that uh, point that you made about fathers being equally involved in parenting is extremely important. Uh, as somebody who was, I can tell you that the men who aren't doing it simply because they don't see it as their own, have no idea what they're missing out on. It's one of the most wonderful, fulfilling experiences. Uh, Kiran, India's had a long history of patriarchy and misogyny, as you said, and change is slow tough to take effect. Uh, at this point, are you hopeful of real change when it comes to gender equality or do you believe India has a long way to go? I think the second part of that question, the answer is pretty obvious. But let me ask you the first part. Are you hopeful of gender equality someday, you know, especially given the chief ministers are still lecturing women on what they can and cannot wear? The chief ministers are lecturing women on what they can or cannot wear, but the boys are also calling them out. You know, the men are also saying like... Important point too. Yeah, they're, they're saying, what crap are you talking? I mean, so that gives me hope. And these are young boys who are saying that it's not, the, you know, the older generation. The older generation, come on, like, we are all dinosaurs now. But the fact that the younger kids are saying that this is not acceptable and we're not going to let you get away with saying this is important. The women, of course, they are standing up and putting up pictures of their ripped jeans themselves. And it was just fabulous. I mean, own your, what you wear. Yeah, there's a hashtag saying ripped jeans yeah, Absolutely fabulous. That That's like, uh, that's absolutely tops but <laughs> the fact that boys are saying like girls can wear what they want who are you to tell them what to wear or not to wear so there is hope somewhere definitely but change is slow and it's hard to come and we need to keep pushing at it you know it's like Sisyphus pushing, putting that rock up every single day so we're building it up it's rolling down again with one hatras it's rolling down again with 
you know, each case that comes, but uh, we'll get there somewhere, sometime, I hope. Yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, Kiran, thanks so much for being on the show. You know, society is a reflection of what happens at home. If we want an equal society, we must first have equality at home. And also, as you indicated, feminism is not a women's movement, but one that is concerned in many ways with the liberation of both men and women. Thank you so much, Asha, for having me. This was wonderful. And I do hope we start raising our boys to be more capable and equal partners to the girls we are raising these days. Thank you all for listening. Please visit allindiansmatter.in, that's A-L-L-I-N-D-I-A-N-S-M-A-T-T-E-R.in for more columns and audio podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter at Ashraf Engineer, that's A-S-H-R-A-F-E-N-G-I-N-W-E-R and All Indians Count, that's A-L-L-I-N-D-I-A-N-S-C-O-U-N-T. Search for the All Indians Matter page on Facebook. On Instagram, the handle is All Indians Matter. Email me at editor at allindiansmatter.in. Catch you again soon. <laughs>